think that's where a lot of people go go bad with a pup. They throw them in a pen and just throw feed to them every day. And to me, you got to make a connection with them. Some guys don't agree with me on that, but I think you got to have a good bond with a dog. real simple I think with a pup and a lot of people don't understand it. When a pup is ready to start, it will start. You can't force a pup to start and you can't force a pup to treat. It has to do it on its own. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. My name is Clayton Stark of Stark Outdoors. And if you like coon hunting and squirrel hunting with dogs, I think you'll like this podcast a lot. And if you enjoy this podcast, you can also go over to YouTube and check out my YouTube channel where I feature some of the top handlers and hounds in the world and go pleasure hunting as well as feature some competition hunting. So I think you really enjoy that. And today I actually just got home from Walker Days and I went down there to capture an interview for Walker Days and they have their talk with legends. And this year they interviewed Dick Brothers and Charlie Butler and they had Brett Hall conduct this interview, and this is what this podcast is going to be, is the audio from that. So I hope you enjoy it, and here it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you all very much for being here. I'm going to uh, echo a lot of the same things that, that Danielle said. Um, my name is Brett Hall. I'm from Coburn, Virginia. That's why I talk the way I do. Um, I'm an at-large director of the Treeing Walker uh, Breeders and, and Fanciers Association, uh, and I am honored uh, to be here with these gentlemen um, Mr. Dick Brothers and Mr. Charlie Butler uh, for our conversation with, with the legends. They're uh, giants in the coon hunting world. Um, they're a wealth of knowledge and I think it's for our benefit that, uh, that, that they are here with us today. Um, what I would like to do I think is start out by talking to these uh, gentlemen about the Tring Walker breed, about breeding programs, uh, then get into to training programs and then just talk about hunting in general. And if we have time at the end, uh, we'll take some questions from, uh, from the audience. So if y'all don't mind, give these, uh, give these fellows a round of applause. Charlie, I'll uh, start with you. Uh, just introduce yourself to the, to the folks here. Um, tell us where you're from and how long you've been coon hunting and, and what got you into coon hunting. Well, I'm from uh, <clears throat> uh, Cambridge City, Indiana, and uh, what really got me into coon hunting was uh, a doctor. Uh, he had a hound. I'd never heard a hound tree. I was about six <clears throat> years old, and, and uh, where we lived at the time, coon was really, really thin. And uh, <clears throat> my dad had found a coon track uh, up a holler. So he told the doctor, and he brought his hound over, and that hound struck that track up that holler. Boy, and he run him around and come down in front of our house and treed. And I never, my dad had always had squirrel dogs, but that's the first real hound that I ever heard on a tree. And he is a big white walker dog. And from then on, I just, I just loved the hound, you know. And I got my first dog when I was 13. And have, have you been doing it ever since, Charlie? Been doing it ever since. All righty. <laughs> uh, Dick, I guess same question for you. Where are you from, and how long have you been in this sport, and, and, and what got you into it? Well, I live at Prue, Indiana right now, and uh, uh, I love to trap and so forth. And uh, uh, I got was running a trap line one night. I got shot by a coon hunter, and he hunted English dogs. And I said, I wanted to go along. So I went along with him, and his dog treated possum right out of the truck, you know. Well, he was hunting English dog, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I, I didn't have a dog at the time, and I went with a good friend of mine. He had a pair of blackened dogs, black and tan dogs. One was a strike dog and track dog, the other one was a tree dog. I hunted whole scene with him. So I learned uh, how to coon hunt by him and uh, I took it from there. And I won 
bought a walker dog. Okay. So uh, when did you get into the walker breed? Uh, in the early 70s. Okay. And I know uh, for as long as I've known you, um, Dick, uh, your name is synonymous with the, the Charlie Creek uh, line of dogs. Uh, tell us how you got that, that line of dogs started um, and, and, and how that came about. Well, I trapped a creek at Wabash, Indiana. It was uh, named Charlie Creek. So it was named after a Miami Indian chief, Charlie. So uh, that's how I got the name Charlie Creek. Okay. Yeah. And and what was your first uh, what was your first dogs and how how what what was their style versus what well, you what you have today? Well, uh, probably the same type of style. Uh, I had the first dog is was uh, by M M Miller's Rock, and he was a third or five, third or fourth strike dog, but a first street dog, and naturally. He would be alone. Back then, you don't have very many dogs be alone, you know, lonely. So that's how I started. And I hunted a dog in my first competition hunt for uh, uh, Mike Kohler. His, her name was Brandy. And uh, I won the second place in the highest state championship that year and my first competition. That was your first competition? Yes, sir. Should have just quit right then and well, there. Well, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but once it in your blood, I yeah. can't quit. Yeah. Really. And, um, Charlie, you're um, uh, with the, the Buck Creek line of, line of dogs. Tell us how that got started. Well, uh, <clears throat> there was a young guy there at Nicetown, Indiana, that I hunted quite a bit with, and uh, – he had seen this pup advertised down in Harrisburg, Kentucky. And um, he went down there and, and uh, bought, he seen him in the American Cooner, and he bought him off of uh, uh, a guy by the name of Junior Yeager. And uh, so he brought him up, and I had sold him a little double banjo bred dog that chewed on tree some, and he wanted that very spot, if you know what I'm saying. Now, dogs could tree all around, but he would wear the coonsin off of that <laughs> spot. Well, <clears throat> so he got this pup that later I named Buck Creek Drum. He got him to track it, but he wouldn't tree. So I went hunting with him one night, and I seen what was happening. He would stay around the tree, and he'd ball. So... Uh, he asked me, he said, uh, Charlie, he said, I think he's going to be a ball my tree dog, don't you? And you know, a lot of people don't like a ball my tree dog. And uh, I said, well, I don't know, Mike. And so I hunted with him one more night. He did about the same thing. And I said, well, I need a young dog to hunt, so you might as well sell him to me. I said, you ain't going to fool with him. So I gave him $600 for it. And I had a Grand Night Champion female, and I hunted him with her three nights. And the third night, I turned him loose, and it was probably 300 yards back to the woods. But there's a couple big oak trees set about halfway between the, the woods and where I turned loose. And uh, <clears throat> one of sprung and went out into a corn, come back in there, and she just parked down the tree, and he hushed. So I stood there and waited a little bit, nothing. So I thought, well, I'll go in there and see if I can get him to in. Well, when I got to the tree, there was a dog right at the edge of the woods, just hammering the tree. And I thought, my God, somebody turned in on me. And <laughs> so it took me a few minutes to realize that's my pup. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so. I goes back to him. I've already seen three coon on three here. And I goes back to him, and he's got the old sow. Well, I just loved him up real good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if they do it once, they're going to do it again. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I just loved him up good and fed him up and went back up and leased her up and went to the truck. And from then on, it was just me and him. Right. And he turned out to be a good one, didn't he? Yeah, and, I, and he got his name. 
I hunted a little creek just like what Dick was talking about a lot, called Buck Creek. And uh, it still runs right behind my son's house where he lives. And I hunted it for, I don't know exactly how far it runs. I think it runs clear up in here all the way down through southern Indiana. But I hunted probably for all a six-mile section there. And I always like to hunt the rivers and stuff like that. Now, now Dick touched on something uh, a minute ago that um, he, he said that uh, back then um, you didn't have a lot of dogs that were that were loners, and I think that's yeah. a lot of what we what we look for and breed for. Now, mm -hmm. is that is that your experience with it? And uh, when did you see um, that kind of start to change and people breed for that trait more? Well, the first true loner dog I had was Gracie, and. Uh, she absolutely would not back a dog. Now, dogs could treat with her all they wanted. So if, if, they, if they got around to the other road and you had to drive around and the dogs were treed, I knew she'd treed the king because she would not back a dog. But I think that's why at the time that I could do so much winning with her. Right. Is people just didn't have dogs at that time. We were hunting more dogs that we wanted them together, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was just a dog. She was just independent as she could be. Right. Well, we've, we've talked about how you guys, um, I guess, started um, your, your breeding program. Uh, Dick, at, at what point did you feel like you were really onto something um, with your Charlie Creek dogs and that you were, you were going in the direction that you wanted for the traits that you wanted? Well, uh when I had the Charlie Creek beauty bitch, uh, she was my major stick. And uh, when I acquired uh, Charlie Creek Mac in 1990, I bred him five females, and he showed throw natural independent dogs in 1990. That's the first I realized I had a said dog. And, uh, and from there, he threw a world champion Terra, and she was independent. Uh, she would treat with a dog, but she would like to be by herself. And this, her strongest point when, was when Coons wasn't moving, she would make something happen. And, uh, Matter of fact, I drew an English female one night. She scored over a thousand points a Friday night. And uh, long story short, uh, Terrier treats six or seven coons, and that bitch only treats one. But she was uh, really good at layup coons. Now, now, Tara, what year did you win the, the world championship? 1994. Okay, and you were talking about uh, uh, Big Big Mike. Um, you um, no, you, you were talking about Mac. 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 Okay, uh, how long did you have Mac? Uh, had him for ten years until he died. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, w w same question, to you Charlie. W when do you think um, when do you think you you really felt like you were onto something with your with your line of dogs? Well, I uh, and until I bought that pup, I had just. Uh, hunted this dog or that dog. Always a walker dog. But uh, I would start a dog and somebody liked him better than I did. I'd sell him and start another one. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I had this one dog. He, he never had a night champion or a grand night champion on his pedigree. He was mainly, uh, uh, he went back to the old white cloud and the redwood breeding. And uh, I kept that dog, from, I got him when he was uh, six months old. And uh, I hunted him uh, 13 winters. And I buried him, but he was, he was absolutely a coon dog. And, uh, but when I got, when I bought that pup and went to hunting him, the drum pup, there was just something about him. And I know Dick knows the feeling. There was something about that dog. He was so intelligent. And there was just something about him that 
and he, he didn't want to bother junk. He didn't want to. He just wanted to tree coon. He it was like I take him to a strange woods. He knew which part of it to go to to get after a coon. Uh, that might sound funny to a lot of guys, but that's the way it is. And um, but he's the only dog, truthfully, that I ever thought of raising pups out of. Right. Yeah. Um, Dick, and I, I know we, we've talked about this before, but but you said something um, that was interesting to me at one point. Um, have you ever felt like your your program was headed in the wrong direction, and uh, uh, did you feel like you were um, not seeing what, what you were looking for in your pups, and, and um, what did you do uh, about that? Yes, uh, I did. Uh, I uh, bred to a world champion one time, and uh, it wasn't a cross I wanted, really. And uh, then I uh, made some more eye crosses. So it set me back five years. Uh, when you make uh, one or two eye crosses, will set you back a long time. So from there, I went uh, and line bred and came up with Big Mike. It put me back on record, you know, and uh, uh, through mouth, ability, and number one, I say brains. Uh, you got a lot of brains. Yeah. And, and that's something I've heard, I've heard yeah. both you guys yeah. uh, say. Um, and, and you know, and this is for my benefit and for the benefit of, of, of everybody here, you know, we want uh, different things. You're not gonna get um, everything in one dog that you want, one that gets its mouth open or one that's a hard tree dog or this, that, or the other. What, what is, is that the most important trait that you think? I mean, is, is um, intelligence. Thanks, yes, so? sir. Yeah. Yes, yep. you'd agree with that. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's intelligence in a dog. Because there's dogs and, uh, I've said this to people, and sometimes they laugh at me, and <laughs> sometimes they look at me kind well, of crazy. You're, you're the one standing at the, t at the legends okay. table, okay? So. Uh, dogs are like people in this sense. Is there is dogs that are smarter than the people that's hunting. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the gospel. But uh, there's dogs that's truly smart, and there's other dogs it doesn't matter how much time you put in. He is not, and I'm not saying he won't make a dog that'll run a tree a coon, but he ain't gonna make a dog that's gonna please you if you're a hard to please person. Um, uh, Dick, you were talking about um, about line breeding. Um, something that um, I, I've heard a lot of a lot of folks say, and I, I want to get y'all's opinion on it, um, is you know how how closely um, how closely closely related are are, are you talking um, when, when you said that you turned your your program back around by line breeding? What 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 did you mean by that? And and, and what dogs did you breed? Well, uh, Uncle Niece Cross and grandmother to grandfather Cross, and uh, I think uh, when you line breed. Um, you get more of the grandparents than you do the individual individual dogs. Myself. Uh, has that been your experience as well? Yes. Charlie? Yes. Okay. Sure has. Um, uh, something else that uh, you, you mentioned, um, you bred to a world champion. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of times, you know, dogs go out and win the world and everybody wants to run and, and breed to that dog. Um, and, and sometimes I believe you see litter mates of of really nice dogs or world champions or whatever that may not be a nice dog themselves, uh, but they throw those those traits. Is that something that that you have seen in your experience, or is um, is that bad advice or good advice? You asking me? Sure. Okay, uh, I'll be honest with you. I've seen very few world champions that was reproducers. It's old Spot that's tied up in the backyard. He's been the one that has produced these world champions. And uh, I always told, if someone wanted to breed a female to my dog, they'd come to my house, I'd say, do you want to hunt with him? Or do you want to hunt with a young dog out of him? Because I'd always have a couple 
Golden Dogs out of it. I'd give them no choice there. And uh, I always thought, even when I was in the Walker Association, I felt this way. Is uh, I know we had a lot of discussions over dogs are going into the Hall of Fame. Well, if, uh, if you've got a dog and you're running him at stud, and everybody in the country pulls in and brings all the good females in their breeds to him, he's got to produce something because they will, they'll do the, their share of producing. But when you got a, when you got old Spot tied up in the backyard that just bred a few dogs, and he starts turning out world champions and grand night champions and stuff like that. And the thing of it is, is when everybody goes to uh, breeding to one dog, you're going to get them all related too much. Right. So you kind of got to hold, hold on to what you have somewhat. Sure. And the um, last question I'll ask about um, breeding, and certainly these folks um, at the end, if they, if they have a, a thought or a question, um, they, can, they can ask it. But the last question I have for as far as the breeding program, Dick, I'll, I'll ask you, um, if you've got a dog like, say, um, just say Tara, for, for instance, that you know is, is what you're looking for in a dog, it's got the, got the, the genetics, uh, uh, Big Mike, you know, one of your dogs that you really know you, that, that, that has what you're looking for and you're getting grand pups or great grand puppies out of that dog and you're not seeing what you're looking for. Do, do you scrap that line and, and start start something new or do you just keep keep breeding for what you're looking for or what, what is what is your advice on that? Well, I, I would do eye crossing. You know, I'm not jealous of anybody and what made me successful, I would, uh, I would look for one trait in breeding, and uh, I would go get that trait from another breeder. If I, if I see a dog I like, and he was throwing dogs, I would, uh, I'm not jealous of anybody, I would just go uh, breed to that dog and get, try to get some traits back. Right, got you. Um, I, I want to kind of. It's a good place to segue into uh, into into training, into a training program versus uh, versus the breeding that we've been talking about. When you when you breed your dog, Charlie, and 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 you go and you get that pick of the litter, and those puppies are in that laundry basket about six weeks old. Wh what do you look for? Is, is it is it just? Well, if we could pick out the one that's really going to make it, we could all be millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I probably couldn't, you know, but you could. We we can't do that. I uh, I tell you, uh, when I would raise a litter of pups myself, out of uh, well, to kind of give you an idea, I took my old Lucy female, and I bred her to a dog that I had drawn. And I just squeaked by beating him. And a very well-known man owned him, but he was coon dog all the way. So I, uh, this was before I'd gotten a hold of this pup. And so uh, I bred her to him, and there was one pup out of that litter turned out. So uh, when he was old enough, I bred him to her, and she had six pups, and they all turned out. So it's, uh, and I'm and I'm like Dick. I was never ever. I'll tell you how jealous I am of people's dogs and whatever is. Uh, most of the people I've hunted with hunted blue ticks, black and tans, red bones. It didn't it didn't make me no difference. If they had a coon dog, I liked it. You know what I'm saying? And. Uh, I used to go off in the wintertime because I'd work all summer. I'd crowd my people up on one big job in the winter and I'd go off hunting. And uh, so uh, a lot of times I'd go out in Arkansas and hunt with Mr. T.E. Neely. If anybody hunts blue dogs, they remember T.E. Neely. And um, so uh, uh, the drum dog went back to Gold uh, Creek Mundo. So Burt McAfee is the guy that bred and raised him. 
And so uh, when Bert learned that I was coming out there hunting with T.E., he would come up there and hunt with us. You know, he's a heck of a nice guy. He was over the, uh, uh, he was a chief law enforcement officer over the uh, conservation department in Arkansas. But, uh, and, and Dick can tell you, you know, we've, over the years, we've met uh, doctors, lawyers. We usually lawyers. try to stay away from those they people where I've met. But, you know, a lot of great people. They've been, that's the thing with me. I, I, I mean, I, something I want to say is uh, my dogs let me meet so many people that if I hadn't been a coon hunter, I'd never have met. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right. Um, Dick, I guess kind of along the same lines, when you're, uh, when you breed your dogs and you get that litter of pups, um, I, I, I've had people keep the entire litter for a while, you know, and, and, and see what's going to turn out. Do you, uh, wh what's your strategy on, on, on that? Well, I don't keep a whole litter, <laughs> definitely. But you have an alpha male and an alpha female, every litter. Mm -hmm. I don't keep them because... Uh, they can get aggressive, mm -hmm. so you have to call them, you know, and uh, I choose a, a bold pup. I like a pup to be off by itself. So, uh, and, and sometimes you can see that at a very young age, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Um, and once, once these pups, uh, once these pups get um, age of, of, of going out and training, um, well, well, let me let me just ask both of you that. What uh, is there a certain age, or do you just um, look at at the the certain pup and say, well, I think he's ready to to start trying to train, or what? What do you guys try to do? Well, I know uh, back uh, years ago, uh, people didn't start to actually start their dogs till they was around eight nine months old. They just didn't pull with them because uh, uh, people wasn't. People was breeding more for a, uh, uh, a dog that was balanced. Uh, and then as, um, as population shrunk our hunting, and so many people that uh, pleasure hunters, they're just non-existent anymore. And um, what you have just competition hunters. But they, uh, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like. Uh, <clears throat> we, we, we were talking about, um, you said sometimes people don't, didn't start their dogs until eight or nine okay. months. So what, what, what do you yeah. generally? Okay, now, now you can start your dog a lot earlier because mm -hmm. they have bred so much tree in them, if you know what I'm saying. Right. And, and if a dog will, uh, if he's interested in a coon, he's time to hunt. You know, if he can get through, you can get him out in the woods, get him over logs and, and stuff like that. Sure. You can pretty well get him started. Now, I find I don't want to start him real early because I don't want to get him barking after dogs and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying. I want him big enough and leggy enough to where he can keep up, you know what I'm saying. Is, is that about the same for you, Dick? Uh, similar, okay. but a pup will show you when he's ready to start, you know, by his action, you know. Uh, puppies don't start at same age, and uh, um, what, what, do you, what do you normally um, do, Dick, or does it just have... Uh, is it just different things for for different dogs, or you know, a lot of these a lot of these guys just turn their turn their pup loose with their old dog. And, uh, what, what kind of uh, uh, program, or what, what what do you generally do? With well, your I, uh, I start a puppies on consent rag, a drag. If they uh, show interest, I keep that up, and uh, just like the fire bitch I started, uh, she was uh, she would. Tr Tree owned coons eight months old, mm -hmm. and uh, I shot her. Uh, I showed her a coon. I, I, I saw them on a caged coon in a kennel because their kennel is their safe place. So 
If they show interest in the outside of kennel in a cage coon, I'll start them, you mm -hmm. know. And I usually have a dog beside there in the kennel. So that, that helps too. Yeah, so if they show interest, I will start them. And I usually only show them a cage coon or two. And uh, I turn uh, one coon, maybe two loose to them, and let them treat it, and I hunt them alone. Uh, I, I don't start them with very many dogs, really. Right. Um, Charlie, what, what about you? Well, I like to hunt a dog, uh, take a pup, and uh, while you got the litter, before people comes and gets them. And I like to take the tacoon hide and play with them a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you know, they'll get, really get interested. But then I let the dog get some size on them, if you know what I'm saying. And I just more or less take them to the woods with another dog. And usually two or three times of that, as soon as that dog will tree a little with another dog, then it's just me and him. Mm -hmm. I quit hunting them with another dog. Right. And, and both of you guys have said that. Do you, do you find that that gives your, uh, your pup more confidence, more independence? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, one coon that a dog trees by itself, and you can get it down to him, is worth two dozen with another dog because it builds his, he knows. I've had dogs in the woods, young dogs, and uh, they truly believe they was the only dog in the woods that could tree a coon. <laughs> they, just, they just didn't pay no attention to another dog. Sure. Um, I, I, I know if you're anything like me, you've, you've had your pup in the woods before and um, just absolutely wanted to kill it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, I guess patience is a, is a virtue, yeah. as they say. Uh, yeah. But, but at, what point, at what point do you have high hopes for a pup and then give up on it? Or um, can you, can you kind of walk us through um, what you look for when, as your pup starts to progress and if it regresses, uh, sort of what, what your mindset is on that? I've had very little regressing, really. Um, when I start a pup, I wait to, they show me they're ready to start, and no, uh, I have very little of that, really. Charlie? Well, you know, I've had a lot of guys tell me, you know, they get their pups started and they're doing real good, and then they backslide on them. I've never, honestly and truthfully, I've never had that. Because uh, you can push one too hard, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but there's a certain time in a young dog's life to where he needs pushed. And then you, then you need to start backing off of you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, used to, when, when I was uh, getting a dog ready for a world hunt, uh, uh, I would probably give that dog one coon out of 30 trees. And uh, I've seen so many guys at big, at, when you're hunting five and six nights, is what I'm talking about is a uh, dog would look great for three nights and then you couldn't, he wouldn't stay free. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Because he was, the handler was giving him too many coons. Mm -hmm. He just giving him too many coons. Well, and, and, and that's, um, that, that was literally my next question. Um, for, we're talking about a young dog, okay? Mm -hmm. um, what, what do you do as far as shooting out coons versus not shooting out coons? Uh, you, you're just getting one started. Um, as opposed to a two or three year old dog? Well, to me, with a, with a young dog, I never want to give them a coon until I feel like they deserve it. Mm -hmm. Because I've had young dogs before that certain situations, I'd be hunting them by themselves and they'd tree their first coon right in behind somebody's house. Well, I just love him up and, and leave. Because if he done that once, he's going to do it again. And sometimes I've had them to tree, have a young dog. Charlie, that goes back to that patience, because you've got yeah. more patience than I do then. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got, uh, I, I've had a few young dogs that, that maybe tree five, six coon before I had the opportunity to get one down to him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm not sitting here acting like I'm no saint, because I've 
you know, our rental law used to be closed in Indiana all the time, and I've had game wardens come to and put spotlights on my kennels many a night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your What's your philosophy on on shooting out coons to a to a young dog? Well, years ago when coons were worth a lot of money, I was poor. <laughs> I killed everyone I treated, you know. But that's years ago. Uh, I don't believe in killing a lot of coon, you know, and uh, uh, when I uh, train the dogs, I usually mix it up. If I'm going to kill a coon, maybe I will kill the first coon in the night. Maybe I will kill the seventh coon in the night. I mix it up. I let them tree for periods of time, 10 minutes one time, half an hour another time. So they don't know where, when I'm going to get there, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that's what I do. Okay. And uh, I guess the, the follow-up to that is uh, do you find that it depends on the dog a lot of times? Um, as that? Yeah. Uh, and another thing is uh, uh, when you kill a lot of coon to the dog, that creates problems. That creates aggression. And that creates uh, going back to trees. Uh, so you're, you're kicking yourself in the butt, so to speak, you know. So you, you have to correct those problems. Sure. Well, uh, here's something that uh, I think kind of needs passed on. If you can't, uh, if you can't make a dog mind and, and uh, and train him some around the house and him respond to you, you're not going to do no good in the woods with him. You know, he has to have brains. Right. Brains is, is, a, uh, is as important as their blood. He's got to have intelligence. I guess that, that goes back to what we were saying about the, about yeah. the, about the breeding. Um, I guess uh, moving to, I guess just hunting in, in general, and I, I told you fellas that I was going to uh, going to ask you um, this question. Um, you know, I, you mentioned, and, and some you, you've mentioned some hunts that you've been on before, uh, and, and I know some of my, my best memories are in the woods, coon hunting with my dad and, and, and my family. Um, is there... Is there like your Jerry Clower coon hunting story? Do you do you have do you have that story? Do you have one one hunt that just sticks out in your in your mind uh, that you don't care to share here on camera with with everybody? Oh, well, I th I think we have hundreds of them. Okay. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, when you hunt in night hunts, you got to be. Uh, it doesn't matter how good a dog you have. Uh, you're going to win your share, mm -hmm. but uh, there's all kinds of sort. There's one way of winning, and there's dozens of ways of losing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you've got to be a person that just takes everything as a grain of salt, if you know what I'm saying, let it roll off your back and move on. Because uh, people that does wrong in this sport, everybody knows it. You know what I'm saying? If you do right in the sport, everybody knows that too. So, you know, you you do whatever uh, your morals and everything allows you to do. Uh, Dick, uh, I I think um, there there's at least one attorney at this table, but I think there's two because Charlie <laughs> Charlie just answered that question exactly how I would have. Yeah. Um, what uh, can you can you share one of your one of your fondest uh, stories with us? <laughs> well, uh, I can share a couple. Okay, let's. <laughs> uh, uh, back years ago, when coons were worth a lot of money, and uh, I was hunting, I, I was trespassing, you know. And uh, then, the, back then, uh, they didn't care if you hunted. But I was at one place one night, and. Uh, uh, landowner come back on me and uh, I parked my truck up on the road he pulled in b behind my truck and they flashed lights all over the field and I laid down in the field and covered my dog and uh, uh, see he drove around and flashed and 
uh, when when it's dark, you don't have a light, they can't see you. So uh, I got up and snuck, followed him out the road and followed him in my truck around the section. <laughs> I, I never did get caught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well. Yeah, another uh, thing, uh, uh, game warden has tried and catch me for years. And uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell it, but uh, I'm going to anyway. And uh, 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 I uh, had a guy call me, and it was before the HH World Hunt. And he said, I need to talk to you, Dick. And uh, uh, I would like to go coon hunt with you. Well, I said, Gib, uh, uh, I got my talk dog all tuned up for the world hunt, and uh, I said, uh, uh, I, I don't feel like I want to go, but I, I just sensed something wrong. So what had happened, Gib was out coon hunting, and uh, he got caught by the game wardens. And game wardens made him call me and tried to set me up. So he called me back and uh, said, uh, Dick, uh, I need to talk to you. So uh, game wardens is sitting in the background, listen to this. So uh, they, uh, Gib told me that game warden said, uh, said uh, uh, I've been in the woods with Dick Brothers, I can't catch him. And uh, long story short, I never got caught. And, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, Dick, that's another reason you're a legend and, and you're here well, with us. I don't know. I don't have no such luck, do you, Charlie? Well, well Char I, Charlie told us though earlier he's, he was friend. He he took yeah. the right approach. He was a friend with the head of the game commission. Yeah, you know I, know. That? I yeah. know. I know. Yeah. Well, I I wasn't around where I left. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there yeah. was there was three of us hunting on Flat Rock one night, and uh, of course our run law was closed. Well, uh, this guy we was hunting with he lived way back line, so we parked back there, and we was just walking and hunting, and. Them dogs just kept treeing. Man, we was in there for a long time. And so uh, finally, <clears throat> up about 3 o'clock in the morning, I guess, well, the dogs hit a coon and they tuck it and tuck it way through there and, and got in close to a road. So the guy in the back there, he said, man, we have made a lot of noise in here. And he says, them dogs are up close to that road, he says, we better get up there and get him and get out of here. So we gets up there. <clears throat> and here's a river. We cross the river, Flat Rock. And here's a strip of ground, and then here's the road. So we gets up there. We got three dogs. They're all on that tree. There's a coon. So the one boy, he has a rifle with scope. And he shoots that coon as soon as it hits the ground. Lights come on us all around. Conservation <laughs> officer, lay your weapon down. <laughs> I grabbed my dog and swung it up under my arm. <laughs> and I hit the river. <laughs> and the guy that lived back the lane, he was already across the river. <laughs> And the other boy, I had no idea. I knew he went to the left. <laughs> so yeah. this game warden that I about halfway knew him, he was a little short guy. They called him Shorty. And uh, so he took out, come across the river, and he took after me. Well, I never did see the guy. Went, I mean, he must have really carried mail. <laughs> so I go till I'm out of wind. And I, I look back on my shoulder once in a while, and here comes Shorty. And he's all the time saying, Halt, stop. I'm telling you to stop. <laughs> and he's wanting, to, he's wanting me to turn around so he can see my face. And so I say, Shorty, surely God, you wouldn't shoot me in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so I just keep going. <laughs> and I get down to where I have to walk. <laughs> 
and I looked over my shoulder, and he's walking. <laughs> so I walked off the left. <laughs> <laughs> I get back there, and in the fence row, here lays the guy that uh, uh, lives back the lane. And he said, uh, where'd everybody go? I said, I have no idea. So me and him went back to the house. He thought maybe they'd come back there, but they didn't. And so we took off all the hunting gear and everything. We got in the car, went around, and had one game warden left up there. And we just drove on off, stayed gone, come back in the other way. And so we, we sat there for probably an hour, and the other boy came in the yard. And I said, uh, when the heck did you go? He said, I was right down there. He said, uh, didn't you hear all them quail uh, holler? <laughs> and I said, well, I heard something. He said, that was some game wardens. He said, he found a big beech tree that was hollow, and he got up in it. <laughs> High enough to where they couldn't see him in that opening. And he said, they was all around there. And he said, I heard them saying all the time, they was three of them guys. <laughs> Charlie, I, I knew we would open you up. I didn't, I, yeah. it, I guess it took a couple of our stories to, to do it. But, uh, and just for the record, the statute of limitations has run on all those uh, stories. So we're, we are in good shape. Um, I'll tell you, um, I know both you guys have, have competition hunted and, and been very, very successful uh, doing so. And um, I, was, I was thinking on the way here about how I was going to pose this question because something that, that kind of sticks out in, in my mind, um, and Dick is well aware of a, of a little female that I had that I called Jewel and, and uh, w did a lot of winning with her. Um, but it wasn't always those big casts that you, that you won that stick out in, in, in my mind. Um, there was a night that uh, we were at the, we held the Virginia State hunt around my around my house and man we got to the first tree and we're on the final cast and we're on we got to the first tree and and they they said go ahead and shine and man it it looked like uh, something off of a, off of a helicopter or something and I turned around and looked there were 40, 40 spectators on the cast yeah. everybody there came and that's just something that that sticks out to me that that I remember mm -hmm. um, is there a is there a cast that that sticks out to you I know you guys have been very successful. In, in, in your hunts, and maybe it's not one of the bigger casts, but just something that was competitive or um, uh, just just a cast that, that sticks out in your mind? Probably one of, uh, and, and I could probably tell you a hundred, but, uh, and, and these people I didn't know, that's the reason I'm telling you, is I went to the Grand American, and um, so they wanted to uh, uh, send some people to film it and so forth like that. So uh, we get out there, and I, I truly felt sorry for this one guy. He was carrying a camera up on his shoulder. And this has been a long time ago, so them things probably, that thing probably weighed, I don't know, 80 pounds maybe. <laughs> and um, it's got a light on it that just lights up the whole area, you know what I'm saying? So anyways, <clears throat> they're just going to film for a while, few coon, whatever, and then they're going to put it on news broadcasts and whatever down there. And uh, so I thought, heck, we're hunting, you know, for the everybody striking tree and their dogs. And so we had three, three coon, and uh, I was ahead in the cast. And so then they, the uh, film crew and everything decided, well, you know, we've seen enough, you know. So then they wanted to kind of do some interviews with some people. And, uh, you know, there's always somebody that, uh, I don't know, kind of wants to put down, uh, kind of put down coon hunting, mm -hmm. one thing. And uh, so we had 30-some spectators on that cast. And, uh, you know, sometimes a dog won't perform with so many people, so many lights and everything. They, they're not used to it. But the dogs did fine, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm sitting in the truck, a whole bunch of guys around me, a bunch of guys from North Carolina. And this guy he gets up there and he says a bunch of stuff that, you know, none of us should ever say. And uh, 
So them guys, Charlie, you got to get up there and say something. You you got you got to <laughs> say something. <laughs> so they said, anybody else want to say anything? And I said, well, I guess I'm elected. So, uh, and and I was told the honest truth. I said, you know, where we live, it's cold, bad. Uh, back then, they had real nice weather down there. And I said, us guys from up north, we come down here, we make friends. And we just come down here to enjoy, enjoy the weather, uh, do the best we can do. And, uh, you know, we love the sport of coon hunting. Uh, we believe that uh, more kids and whatever should be involved. You should be taking your kids hunting and stuff like that. So the next day, <laughs> I seen on the news and they'd cut everything out except just what I said. <laughs> I was glad about that for what the one guy had got yeah. up and said. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I th I, we, it's like you said, there's always one, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad, yep. they, uh, glad they saw that for what it was. Yep. How, how about you, um, Dick, uh, uh, a cast that maybe, maybe sticks out? Uh, when I won the Walker Days in 1997 with uh, Lockheight Sarah, uh, uh, I got gas and uh, we, we had a really good hunt. Uh, I scored 15.75 Friday and 1900 Saturday. And uh, I got a, a, Rob Wallen was in that cast. He hunted really, really good English dogs. And uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, guy said that couldn't be scored. And, uh, and uh, they put a field rep on me that night. So uh, that I scored 1900 with Sarah. She was first and first type dog. She would be split treed every drop. What what that what happened that night? Uh, I scored the 1900. The dogs were really split treed, close, you know, a lot of coons. It's so that didn't take much time to score the trees. Right. So you can do that. So uh, that was my one of my favorite hunts. Yeah, you know? that sounds like it was action packed. For, oh, action packed very much. And yeah. uh, like I say. Uh, they put a UK seal field rep on me, and I showed them that that could be scored. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, something that that we, I guess we talked about before the folks came in here, and Charlie just uh, just kind of touched on it was about getting our our youth into the sport. Um, how have you how have y'all witnessed the the sport change over uh, the years that that you've been in it? Well. Um you know, mainly when Dick and I was hunting, it was all three-hour casts. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you could be you could be behind in the first two hours, but if you had a good coon dog, he'd come ahead in, in that third hour. Right. But uh, uh, that has changed on account of the population, and then uh, you change. You have to change the rules. Everybody kind of says, well. You bred too much Korea in the dog. You bred the track out of the dog. And a lot of that is true. Mm -hmm. um, because that has happened because people want everything to happen quick because you've got less time to do it in. You know what I'm saying? Now, uh, the way I, uh, and I sure don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but uh, somebody asked me that question. They said, well, if the dogs back then, what would they do today? And I said, well, <clears throat> if, if we had the dogs that we had back then and we had, this was the only source of food, we would have plenty of food, but you might starve to death. That was kind of the way that I answered the question. Right. And, and, and what I mean by that is uh, it's just the way dogs has been bred. Now, dogs today... They will have most of the coon, but most of the competition hunters tell me they don't want a dog that will run a track more than 10 minutes old. Well, Dick and I have had dogs that will run a track uh, three or four hours old and right. have the coon, you know yep. what I'm saying? Right. And, and they didn't get out there, and a lot of guys say, well, they get out there and waller. Well, they don't waller. A good track dog don't waller because 
Uh, even back then, uh, you had to have a good track dog, and he had to be a good locating dog. Well, if dogs couldn't run ahead of him, they couldn't tree ahead of him. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and that's a, a very good point, and um, it was something I, I kind of wanted to uh, wind down with. And uh, I, I know we might be ca comparing apples to oranges yeah. um, uh, because of the – the, the time and the way that the breed has changed over over the years. But, Dick, I heard you, we've talked about uh, Brandy, female, we've talked about Sarah, we've talked about Big Mike and Mac. Um, what if, if you could go back, um, the dogs that you've handled or the dogs that you've you've owned, um, what would be your final four? Uh, if, if you if you could go back historically, and what, what would be your final four and which one of your dogs you think comes out on top? Well, <laughs> That's a hard question because I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of good dogs yeah, through the years. Uh, a beauty dog is a measuring stick, and uh, I like Big Night Bike. I like Sarah, Terry. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Mac Dog was a good dog, and uh, but I, I like a track dog. I don't like a trailing dog. There's a difference, you know. Yeah, big difference. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Well, let, 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 me ask, let me ask it this way. Um, if you could go back uh, tonight and your, your hunting walker days here in 2022 and you could, uh, you could go back and, and, and hunt one of your dogs, which one, which one would you enter in it? That's a hard question. Really? I know, that's why they had that's, me do this job. That's Dick. a hard question, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're a lawyer. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, really. Uh, yeah. Would it would it be drum for you, Charlie? No, I tell I tell you the way I always looked at that. I've had that question put to me so many times, and uh, here's the way I always answered people: is uh, I mean, the dogs was gone. My favorite dog was the dog that I was hunting at the time. That was my favorite dog at the time. Now, and I was like that. I, I just didn't have one good dog. Uh, I'd always have at least two good dogs to competition on. I didn't keep a lot of dogs around. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I was fortunate enough that I had, I couldn't hunt two dogs in the, in the same hunt. You know what I'm saying? So that man sitting right over there. You can, you can say his name. You, you, you can give him a plug. Yeah. Who, who are you talking about, Charlie? Talking about Bill Bullings over there. Uh, I'd had several guys that hunt dogs for me, but he hunted dogs the way I hunted them. Yeah. And uh, he asked me one time, he said, uh, well, he was hunting a dog for me, but not in the hunts. And he said, uh, Charlie, how come you won't let me hunt your dogs in the hunt? I said, well, can you hunt a dog in the hunt? And he said, well, I think you can. <laughs> so I said, all right. I said, but there's one thing about it. I said, you have to. You have to hunt the dog honest. I said, I don't want nothing that isn't honest. And he said, I'll give you my word. I'll never, ever embarrass you. And he never did. That's, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yep. and, and I know you guys, uh, and, and again, I think this uh, – speaks to why you're here having this this interview but you you're, you're still hunting good dogs trying uh, our best yeah yeah and <laughs> um, tell us uh what, what what dog do you have right now charlie that uh i got a young dog that uh, he's about a far long he's about a year and a half old and uh he's about as far along as what i would have had a dog at uh 10 months old because this winter I didn't get a hunt a lot. You know, I've had open heart. I got 15 stents, so I gotta be careful what I do. I just can't hunt like I did. Right. And, uh, but I still enjoy as good a dog as I ever did. And I can go hunting with Dick and his dog, do a good job, or anybody else, and I really like it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, Dick, I know you have uh, you have Big Timer, and you've got Queenie. Queenie is in the uh, finals of the Tournament of Champions uh, next week. Is that right? Yes, sir. Is uh, um, tell us about the dogs you have now, and 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 what you like, and which one you're pushing. Well, uh, 
I like to push big timer, but you know how he had a look in and set him back. I'm going to hunt it tonight, see how he performs. You know, once a dog had Lyme disease or licky, they aren't ever the same, you know. And uh, the queen bitch is a dominating first strike dog and moves around good, wild, and uh, she will have a coon. And uh, she, you can't hunt her down. That's what I like about her, you know. And uh, a fire bitch is making a really good dog too. She's 18 months old, and uh, she's out of 20 year old semen I had, uh, out of clay semen. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, fellas, uh, I, I can't say how how honored I've been uh, to to be up here uh, with you. Um, like, like I've said about four times now, there's uh, there's a reason that, that y'all are here at the at the Legends table, and um, I, I want to thank you for what you've done for for this breed um, and for this sport. Um, and I know I, I speak for a lot of people when I when I say that. Is there anybody before I open it up for questions that uh, that that you guys would would like to thank, or or maybe uh, somebody that that you guys looked up to when you were coming through the sport as much as we look up to you guys? Well, probably, uh, I don't know. I, uh, when I was young, I'd sit around and read them old uh, mountain music books and Bull Cry, Cooner, and um, Merchant, Timothy Ball. You know, there's all the time putting ads in there. Uh, a, lot, a lot of guys, you know, uh, Gail Flowers, Hunts English Dog, uh, Fine Man. Uh, just a lot of people that, uh, and, and then probably one of my uh, first experiences was uh, one year I decided I'd go to Automobile. And uh, so I went up and I, I went on a cast. And uh, it was an old gram. And uh, when the cast was over, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not hunting a bad dog myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it was enjoyable, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was some people that uh, I got to know later, draw mm -hmm. and whatnot. Right. But, uh, you know, um, then a lot of people will come and uh, especially now, I only really and truthfully studied a couple dogs for a short while because I just, I really wasn't into studding dogs. I hunted more females than I hunted males. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of people would come and want to go hunting with you, and usually as a measuring stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was okay with me. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of them was really pleasant about it. And they'd come go hunt with you, and they'd say, well, I, I, I need some something else bred into my dog. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or something like that. Make you feel pretty good. Yeah, um, Dick. Any closing remarks or anything that you'd like to uh, like to say before I, I ask if anybody in the audience has any questions? No, I just met a lot of good people in this sport, and uh, I've been uh, I've got a lot of very close friends in this sport. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thank you. Thank you, Phyllis, so so very much, um, and I, I I think you speak for a lot of people when you say that right there, Dick, and that's why we we do what we do, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, anybody in the in the audience um, have have a question? Um, they'd like to ask these fellas. That must that must mean we did really good, y'all. <laughs> well, with that, we really appreciate y'all being here and and giving us your time and. Uh, um, I, I can't say enough about how how important this. Uh, you heard Danielle say that uh, this is her favorite part of the of the whole weekend, and uh, and I can see why. So, um, really appreciate you guys for uh, for being out here and, and sharing some of your some of your wisdom and your knowledge with us. Thank you. Thank you for your good interview. Thank you. Y'all give a round of applause.
All right. Well, that was a really good interview, and I think Brett did a really good job asking some great questions. And it was really awesome to hear these guys talk about some of their memories from the past and hear what they're doing still currently because they're still hunting and still getting after it. So that was pretty neat to see. And I got to talk with them some after this interview, and I got their contact information, and we're going to get together and set up some pleasure hunts so I can film more episodes of my YouTube series, the Houndsman Spotlight series. Some of you may have already seen that, but if you're new to it, that's where I go and travel around with some of like the most well-known people. And if they're still hunting, we'll go pleasure hunting, and I'll show their dogs and kind of walk you through just the whole experience of hunting with them and then I'll also pick their brains and just kind of go over how they train dogs and start dogs and some of their story of just themselves and, and try and get with some of these people and preserve these memories that we can pass down to generations of new upcoming hunters and also be some good entertainment for us as well. So if that sounds interesting to you, head on over to YouTube and check out Stark Outdoors or type in Clayton Stark. That'll take you to my page. So that's just kind of what I do and I hope you enjoy it. I appreciate all your guys' continued support and I'll talk to you next week. He ended up treeing seven tenths of a mile. I had my light on coming in and he had another coon, so turned him loose three times, he had three coons.